Hola gente, hoy me pongo muy emocionado para introduciros otro tema de Toskiri sin guía y eso es cómo traducir to become y hay muchas maneras. Quédate ahí y a ver lo que vamos a decir. This episode is sponsored by Xanax. <laughs> So today, we're going to be talking about how to translate become into Spanish. It doesn't seem like something that's that complicated until you realize that there are a lot of different connotations that you want to communicate when you're trying to use this word. So we're going to get into the specifics of what exactly you're trying to say when you say become. Because to, uh, to say to become president is going to be different than to say to become angry or to become rich or to become a Catholic. So, inebriate. yeah, or to become inebriated. There's lots of different ways. So, uh, we're going to start over with Andres over here. Andres, what is the first way that you have to translate to become? Um, well, <clears throat> I would like to make a little incision, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, so I think that there's a bit of a misconception that I would like to disavow, at least for those who started learning Spanish already, and they've heard that using these is really difficult. Yes, you're right, but the, the misconception is that in English it's easy, all right? So just off the bat, let me start by saying our language isn't so simple either because we're not really just translating become. We're gonna talk about even further just a, a change, right? Like verbs that indicate a change because when we say to become, then we end up getting lost in translation hardcore, but there's really to get such as to get excited, to become, to become irate, to turn, you turn beet red in your face, or to go crazy, for instance. And if you go about switching all of these, while you might end up understanding them, it's a bit odd. It sounds really, yeah, just loony. So you want to stick them. And we're going to go through the rules to help you to be able to pick. But by the end of the episode, it's still not going to be crystal clear. Because even in English, you can ask yourself, did I become beat red in the face? Does one sound a little bit more natural or native than another? Because they, they make sense a little bit interchanged. So you're going to get this through repeated practice. Rinse and repeat is all I want to say. So I just want to yeah. add one more thing too. It's exactly like Andres was saying, it's not super straightforward. Uh, and then if you, if you think about English, there's so many different ways to say what you want to say. The, the, the flavor of your own language comes down to very specific things that you want to connotate. That, like, so if I'm, if I'm trying to say something in English, I could say it equally in one way as in the other way, but the way that the listener is going to interpret it is going to be slightly different with depending on the word choice that I have. So if I'm trying to show that, you know, someone worked a little bit harder, I don't want, I guess I don't want to get into the specifics right now, but there, there, what I'm trying to get at is that there are different ways to say things with different connotations that they could be translated as synonyms, but the listener is going to have just a different, a very slight different interpretation about how they feel about that. And we are going to do our damnedest to elucidate these nuances, so stick with us. To begin, we've got ponerse, all right? Actually, I'll do you guys a solid. First, I'm going to say all the different ways to indicate a change. <clears throat> um, the one, two, three, four, five, six verbs that we're going to address. 
And then we'll run through them. So there's ponerse, moverse, hacerse, llegar a ser, convertirse en, and packaged with that is transformarse en, and finally, quedarse. Okay, so for beginners, ponerse. Um, those of you already studying Spanish, you have some understanding of the difference between ser and a star, and this is going to come into play. So, with ponerse, you're going to put adjectives afterwards. It conveys a change of state, often emotional, but it can be otherwise, that, um, that for lack of better terms, is temporary. And if you don't know if you should use this adjective with ponerse, ask yourself, does it go with estar? That's the key, okay? So, like, when you get nervous, right, and your face turns red, that shit doesn't last, right? Actually, it usually goes away before the situation that you're nervous in is over, right? That's how quick it clears up. So it would be ridiculous to call a person actually red, sayer. So we know it's a star. That means, yo me pongo rojo, o me puso la cara roja. So... Se me puso la cara roja. Um, but those are just a couple of examples, all right? I've got two more. Uh, me pongo rojo cuando trato de mentir. Nicolás se puso nervioso antes del examen, right? So those are two examples that show these are just quick adjustments or changes that take place in his, um, what is it? His, his feelings, his emotional state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, his emotional state. Um, so I want to piggyback off of what Andres is saying with Bonerse. So the second way to show this kind of change, or to say to become, is Bolverse. And if you've taken a Spanish 1 class, you're probably going to know the, the word that you most often hear with this is going to be Bolverse Loco. I'd say that's probably the majority of what I hear. But really, you can use a lot of different adjectives with, with uh, Bolverse. Um, but in the kind of the opposite way that Andres was saying with Bonerse, with Bolberse, you're going to use adjectives that generally go with ser, because these are not going to be things that change quite as easily. It's not going to be like emotional states. Um, so if you go crazy, you can't be like, oh, go crazy in a minute, and then now you're back to normal. That's, you know, that's not really how going crazy works. Um, but any, and then sometimes there are adjectives that you can use with ser or star. You know, so if you say, if you say like feo or guapo or, go, you know, something like that, um, people can use those with both ser and a star to mean, oh, you're looking good or ugly today, or in general, you were a beautiful or an ugly person. Um, so if you use something like guapo or guapa with boberse, uh, you would be talking about the more of the more of the yeah. long term, more of the ser version of that adjective. So remember, with ponerse, it's going to be generally adjectives that are used with a star, and bolverse is going to be the adjectives that are used with ser, things that don't change as readily. Do you have another example other than, I guess, um, se volvió loco, or se volvió... Well, bolverse, well, I think you, you tackled it great, but we could do another side-by-side -side comparing 
uh, an adjective that fits nicely with ponerse and moverse because we see how the meanings change with ser and estar. And then hopefully that will get ingrained into the way that you pick between moverse and ponerse. So um, going back to nervous, right? Um, if I say, siempre me pongo nervioso cuando um, hay que hablar con un policía. Mm -hmm. Right? I always get nervous when I have to speak with a police officer. And that's that's just something that happens for kind of a split instant. And, and it happens very, hopefully, infrequently, right? So would that be ser or a star? It's a star. <laughs> and then if we were to say, um, yo me voto nervioso desde ese accidente o desde que se ha muerto mi madre, then now we're using volverse, which is the indicator for ser. So, si soy una persona nerviosa, if I'm a nervous person, um, in general, it makes sense to describe it using volverse. Mm -hmm. um, another one that I was thinking of uh, that was just going through my head when I was giving these uh, these examples was, was something like guapo or guapa. So if you say like, it, so if a girl is putting on her makeup and you're saying she became pretty, you would probably use, well, I want to go, da, 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 would you use ponerse or bolberse? Um, I would say probably ponerse because she is putting on in that moment, if you're talking about makeup, you're saying, oh, from one moment to the next, she became, you know, beautiful. Say puso guapa. Um, but if you're saying, Somebody over the summer, you know, one of your 16-year-old classmates, not that great looking, all of a sudden hits a growth spurt and comes back and is, whoa, she's a stunner. She's all of a sudden, you could say then, se volvió guapa. Yeah, yeah. Great. All right, so hopefully ponerse, volverse, not a lot of questions left. Um, hacerse is a totally different way of thinking, but we can still kind of latch on to whether or not we should frame things using ser or star. So with hacerse, we're still going to be thinking with the, with the rule of thumb that the adjectives that follow match with the verb ser, right? And uh, nouns, both nouns or adjectives can come after, whereas in ponerse and volverse, it's practically just adjectives there's a couple of exceptions, there's a couple of phrases, um, but by and large, you want to remember that those are adjectives. Now, hacerse, you get both. You get nouns and adjectives. So, whole world just opened up to us, but they have to correspond to ser adjectives. That's why when you say, um, ese chico se hizo rico a los 22 años. So, he got rich, or he became rich, at 22 years old, right? Um, essentially what we're saying is he is rich now, right? And this isn't something hopefully that's uh, a fluke and temporary and fly by night, you know, tomorrow he's gonna wake up and it's all gonna be squandered. Well, Though it's possible, generally when we're speaking about fortune and riches, <laughs> they, as we know, they can stay in the family lineage for many generations, so we'll just assume it's Ser. I was just yeah. gonna, I just wanted to say uh, in 2018 2019 with the advent of Bitcoin and I know that some you've had some so we both had some experience with I think old. that could be something that could go very very quickly. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. I've never um, got anywhere close to becoming rich. <laughs> and they didn't they didn't break me either. Yes. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Is there something you wanted to add? I think there's a point about like effort or time or whatever. Yes, I just wanted to say what when I was learning Spanish at first, in the very first class I had, the the most common example that I would hear with a therse would be a job to become uh, se hizo presidente, se hizo enfermera, se hizo médico, so, you know, um, so generally, or that's just one example, it's not all the time, but that is a really good example of saying a profession to say if they became this profession, uh, that is, I would often hear that used with a therse. This probably isn't a bad time to bring up what you were saying earlier in the intro about connotations. And it's, if there's one thing I've noticed with some of these verbs, uh, there's certainly a connotation implied. And with hacerse, it's for the most part, good. It's a, it's a change in social status. It's a change in profession or it's just acquiring a profession. But it's trending towards like what you wanted, you know? Like, so if I was a student and now finally I become a doctor... Well, this is a change that I think like pretty much universally is viewed positively, you know? And so what you, what I'm trying to hint at is that you wouldn't use atherse with some, um, what is it called? Oh say you do un tonto or say you do un gilipollas. Like you wouldn't say like you, you wouldn't say it with like a bad thing. You'd be like, he became a stupid person or say you do un, oh man, how do you say a clown? No, but that's that's different. I'm glad that you brought this up. This is where it gets really tricky. So listen, um, I'm not sure that I can 100% explain this, but there's a lot of phrases that are great to know, and it's usually things like hacerse el tonto, o hacer, bueno, hacer el tonto is another thing. That means just like to be the class clown. Yeah. But hacerse el tonto is to play stupid. And there's a lot of hacerse and then things afterwards that... Are, are negative, but they are like these set expressions. And when you're using the rule to use to decide if this adjective goes with hacerse, you're looking for ones that combine with ser and that express a change that's positive mm. and generally related to uh, profession, social status, like se hizo famoso, um, se hizo el alcalde, del pueblo, mm-hmm. you know, so as you can see, two examples there with profession or a social status change. Um, finally, I, I think that you can do it also along the lines of, um, what is it, politics and religion, the same way you would say like, es católico o es republicano, mm-hmm. if, if you were kind of like undecided and finally se hizo republicano a los 30 años, then yeah, he became a republican at 30 years old. Okay, um, okay. can I... Hopefully, <laughs> you guys are hanging on. Because it's a lot of information. We've only dug out three of them. There's still three to go. Uh, so I want to... I, I do want to talk about the thing that we were that we were just about to bring up, but I, I just almost want to introduce the next one beforehand. Um, so the next one that we're going to use is llegar a hacer. And it is very, very similar to a hacerse uh, in the way that you can use it with a noun afterwards, or if you wanted to use that with an adjective afterwards, it has to be an adjective that goes with the verb ser, not with the word estar, 
And this makes sense because the phrase is llegara ser, not yeah. llegara estar. Oh, hint in the verb. Yeah, if there's a, a slight hint there. Um, and what we were talking about before is, is the different connotations that each phrase or each word has. These words, hacerse and llegar a ser, could very, very often be used totally interchangeably. Very, very mm -hmm. often. Maybe not 100% of the time, but very, very often. And really what it comes down to is what the actual speaker wants to convey. Not the actual facts, but more the feeling that the speaker wants to convey. Um, so with hacerse, it seems to be that the speaker tries to communicate or convey a more conscious effort on the fat on the part of the person who is doing that action. And so if you say some if you say someone say ito presidente, that is talking about uh, a more conscious effort over a shorter period of time. And then but if you say uh, este chico llegó a, a ser presidente, you're probably talking about you're probably making more of an emphasis on the longevity of the process of him becoming president. While Atherse and Jigaraser are very similar, it's what you intend to, to communicate with people. If it's the length of the process or if it's the actual concerted effort um, that provoked the change. All right? We're always thinking change here. Atherse, the president, well, before that, you weren't the president. And Jigaraser, same thing. All right, skipping forward. So... Um, convertirse in or transformarse in, both synonyms. Um, this is the one that probably demonstrates the most radical, dramatic change. Right? So this is the one that you'll use if uh, a person changes into a toad. Into <laughs> Man, that stuff has happened. You never Cuentos, de, Cuentos de hadas with some fairy tales. That, I thought we were going to get there. So fairy tales, um, don't get me too sidetracked though. So also, if you become um, a werewolf or if you become Superman, I mean, these things are just so dramatic that you, and, and also usually they're not something that has anything to do with volition. You know, so if you just, it's, it's unlike the last two examples in that um, they did, there's no like effort involved. And then it's unlike the first two examples, ponerse, volverse, because it's not an adjective afterwards. It's a, it's a noun. I just got a question, I guess, for you. So this could just be a totally false cognate because when I'm looking at convertirse en, it looks like to convert, and you know, when I think of converting, it's more the obviously the most uh, readily available example is to, to convert religions. So do you think that is something that does require volition to, to want to change religions or, or no, not really? Uh, I think usually, okay, are we, are we talking about the verb? Are we talking about Spanish? Are we talking <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm talking about convertirse en, because you said convertirse en wasn't something that generally uses volition, and I'm like, se convertió yeah. en oh, I mean, un ateo, or... I don't think that people really change religions, like, actively. You kind of, you can't make someone change their beliefs. So you're you know? like... It's like, a oh. really long process of 
kind of ending up being like, I couldn't, if I wanted to stop being Catholic back when I believed in it. And then after like (coughs) hearing my friends talk differently, reading a couple of things, I kind of just came to the reckoning that then I was an agnostic, you know, but it's not like I was working towards that. Um, with some final goal in mind. That's really that's really interesting the way that you frame that. That's almost philosophy hidden within language. That's almost saying that we are a slave to our own beliefs, saying that we don't actively choose our own beliefs. Beliefs are almost something that happens to us. That's all that's, that's, that's getting deep in there. You're sneaking some of that philosophy in there. We can debate this back and forth and people can jump on board, but that's kind of true, right? Like all you have to stabilize your understanding of the world, which is like your beliefs more or less, the most rooted fundamental step number one, what you actually believe in is your experiences, you know? And like you can draw your experiences from what you read or from what you watch or from what you hear. But at the end of the day, beliefs is kind of like step number one. So, and and those things, you, you don't pick your experience. You can pick a bunch of them, but you never get to really know why you are the type of per- person that's led to go to the library and pick out those books rather than the others. And, you know, like there's the first step's very, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyways. Oh, yeah. Don't want to get too off topic. I just, it was just interesting the way that you framed that. Continuing just a little bit with convertirse. It's something like, first of all, we didn't actually hit on convertirse in uh, like a Jesuit or a Buddhist or an atheist, you can use it with that, but it has a connotation of being uh, solidified on, like you cannot return from this change, at least as far as I've read into, where if you say hacerse budista is a bit softer in its understanding. Like now, now Andrew's a Buddhist. We'll see mm-hmm. what he is five years from now since Last, you know, five years ago, he was X. But convertirse is a, it's just, remember, radical, dramatic change. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you'll find in literature, transformarse. And both of these verbs are always accompanied by the preposition in. And that's why you need a, a noun afterwards. Okay, we can leave those in the past. So... The next one is quedarse. And we're, we're not going to... And yeah, this this is a, a, a verb, but it's a bit prickly. So, <laughs> S, that we just set it aside. I'm going to tell you now, as far as when it conveys the idea of change, um, it's much more focused on the aftermath of future er, preceding events. So, it's, it's always kind of like an indicator of a result thereafter. Um, but... Do you want to just give a real, just a real quick example, just the one you gave me, the seque, uh, seque do satisfecho? Like, I just seemed to me, when you said that to me uh, the last week, I was like, oh, I was like, that was a great example. Yeah, okay, so, um, a chico tenía mucho hambre, entonces yo le di un bocata y él se lo comió, y después se quedó muy satisfecho. So I said, the, the boy was, real, was hungry, and I gave him a sandwich. And he ate it, and afterwards he was he was satisfied. And so in English, you can see we just use the verb to be to indicate that that was a change. Whether whether you notice it or not, we are doing that. Like in Spanish, it might be tempting to use any of these other verbs we've tapped on to to suggest that change 
Or in Spanish, you might just want to say, y luego estaba satisfecho, which you could do, but they use quedarse because it's a direct result of the, the preceding clause, you know? So I feel like it look, links, I feel like it links, it links so much better. The, this one sentence was showing the reason why versus someone, I feel like I would probably be more inclined to say estaba because that is understood and that would make sense, but it doesn't link the two sentences as well to show causation. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like if you were to always say, consequently, he was satisfied. Every time you use was in English and you really want to pull in the previous sentence or clause and say like, he is this thing, because what I said earlier, they're going to use quedarse, mm -hmm. not ser o estar. Cool. So, done with quedarse. Um... The last one is tornarse, and this is a kind of older verb that you bump into in, in other languages as well, like Italian and Portuguese, and it's still much more widely used in those languages. In Spanish, you almost never hear it. Mike was telling me that, well, you don't think you've seen it before, right? Tornarse? Or at least like you hadn't really no me suena. No me suena. Like, that doesn't... I can't, I can't, like, think of a real good example of, like, a... Of tornarse, no. Yeah. Oh, I was asking if it was like related to a tornillo. I thought it was like related to like to screw. Like tornillo is a screw, destornillador is a screwdriver. So I was like, oh, maybe tornarse is something like to screw. And then you were like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, tornar is to screw. Oh, destorni, destornar, destornillador. Anyways. <laughs> I don't True. And, and uh, not the one that you guys are thinking about. That's follar. Uh, um, tornarse is probably understood best as volverse, since we just talked about it, or convertirse in, depending, because it's, it's like, it's easier to use in a way, because it has more amplified uh, ability. Because you remember, like, you wouldn't use volverse and convertirse in interchangeably at all. We never said that. Those are two different verbs to talk about two changes that are really different. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you can use tornarse for both instances. So things like um, la conversación se tornó en una discusión. It turned into an argument. Um, so with tornarse, do you always have to also use ain afterwards? Nope. So some, sometimes you do, but not always. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. And then... Oh, so let me ask you Would it be on, you use ain only if it's a noun, and if you're using an adjective, then it would be no ain? Yeah, I think hey. that's right. Nice, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. But then when you're using it with a noun, it's going to reflect the convertirse in mm -hmm. uh, meaning. And then when you take it with uh, an adjective, we go back to volverse. So después de darles tantos medicamentos, él se tornó loco. All right. So after giving him so much medication, he went crazy. All right. And that was like we saw earlier, volverse loco. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there's a ton and ton of verbs that already contain 
to become or a state change, right? So you have verbs like adelgazar, to get thin, cansar, oh, they're always ending in se, cansarse, to get tired, emocionarse, to get excited, enfadarse, to get angry, enfurecerse, to become furious. So Spanish has this cool property where you can make it reflexive and it kind of handles that issue for you. If you, if you just want to learn the full verb instead of knowing an adjective and which um, and say, verb say, Yeah, instead of saying, say, puso empadado, say empadó. Exactly. Um, but at this point, you should know how to do this. So I'm going to put you to the test. This week, poner a la prueba was one of our um, phrases of the day. Huh. So, time. <clears throat> so there's... One, two, three. <laughs> there's six. I wrote it down, but then there's one that I already did myself. Venga. All right, so the first one is el se emocionó, and this equals el se puso emocionado. I'm not going to give you all the answers, but we'll leave them in the notes. So for the next five, you have to guess which verb of change to apply to the noun, or to the, to the adjective. So el se cansó. He got tired. Next one. Ella se enfureció. She became furious. Ellos se enloquecieron. They went crazy. Two more. Yo me enrojecí. I got red in the face. Y nosotros nos Enrique Thimos. We got rich. So, like the first one, El se emocionó equals El se puso emocionado. You got to do that for those last five. And we'll hit you with the answers. Down in the description. Anyway, um, you got anything else, Andres? No, man. Let's wrap this shit up. Let's go. We talk so much about verbs of change. Take it. Take it away, bro. <sighs> okay, people. Hope you guys really, really enjoyed that. If you have questions, I wouldn't be surprised. This is not an easy topic to get at. It's not easy for Spanish or Italian or um, Indian people trying to learn this in English either because there's a lot of choices. And like we hinted at in the beginning, connotation plays a big role in what you're trying to kind of hint at when you pick the verb to indicate your change. Um, so that being said, Keep in touch, uh, drop us a bunch of lines. You can see us on Instagram and let us know what your doubts are or if we screwed up somewhere. All right? So, yeah, that's all from Dos Kiddies Sin Guia. And it's been a true privilegio. Hasta la próxima, chicos. Hasta luego, chicos.